Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, friends, family, brothers and sisters in Christ. Another edition of Stand Up For The Truth as we continue to plow through a new month and a new year, 2020. Still getting used to saying that and writing that. But um, thank you for tuning in. We're talking about news, views from a biblical perspective, current events today, and uh, so much going on. We haven't done one of these podcasts in quite some time where we just looked at so many headlines and news stories and uh, maybe uh, talked about how we can react uh, and be proactive about what's going on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and open up. Father, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to look at what's happening in our country, in our culture, in the world. And thank you, Lord, for keeping us grounded in the truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, we know that, God, you are a God of order, a God of peace. You are not the God of confusion. Satan is the author of confusion and the father of lies. And I pray for discernment for us in this ministry, also those who are listening, my family, brothers and sisters in Christ who are um, needing wisdom like we all do and need to know how to respond uh, in this day and age where uh, things have been flipped upside down. And uh, thank you for giving us an opportunity just to talk through these things today. We love you. We trust you in all things. We know that uh, these are exciting times from a biblical perspective in light of Bible prophecy. And we know that you're not surprised by anything. You are our hope. You are our foundation. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Crash, a few scriptures um, to share before we talk about so many things that are going on. We've got to share just a few Bible verses um, just to get us going here this morning. Uh, reminders, Romans twelve two: Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Galatians 5 16 and 17, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. And then Isaiah 5.20, and this is what we're going to face as we look at the news and headlines and stories that are happening all around us. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil, who substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Well, so many stories, but let's start out with Iran, uh, the spiritual battle for Iran. The people are suffering hardships under the mullahs who claim to be running the government according to Allah's specific instructions. Uh, international sanctions, sanctions have derailed the country's economy, causing a tenfold increase in the price of a bag of fruit, while quadrupling a monthly rent for people there in Iran in the past two years. On top of this, the economic catastrophe, Iranians have been further burdened by escalating tensions between their governments and, of course, the U.S., what's going on there, the lies of the media. Um, most of Iran's people acknowledge, at least in private, that Islam doesn't work. Forty years of Islamic rule has led to nothing but heartache and hopelessness. They're ready to hear the gospel. That's where we come in and missionaries that are over there. And there are Christian churches, and Christianity, by the way, is growing. Uh, this is from Voice of the Martyrs. Iranian Christians are targeted by both their government and the Islamic religious authorities, making outreach, discipleship, and even arranging a meeting Incredibly challenging. Um, all unregistered cell phones have been disabled, and the government can monitor calls and text messages that are made with registered legal cell phones. The Islamic government hunts down Christian leaders and others 
for sharing their faith in Christ. And if arrested, these believers are pressured, even tortured, to give up their faith and disclose the names of other believers. So this story, regardless of what's going on, what you think about Trump's decision and the military action and how the Democrats and Republicans are reacting, remember from a biblical perspective, in terms of eternity, let's simplify, okay? Pray for Christians in Iran, and then the gospel would continue to spread. Um, next story, uh, welcome to, to America. Um, Illinois, this time, uh, is in the headlines. A school district forces females to share a locker room with biological males who identify as girls. We're finding this more and more, you guys, and we, I don't know when it's going to hit ahead. Um, Crash, I thought by this time, when you, you start affecting locker rooms and bathrooms, I know the bathroom thing that, you know, you can go in the bathroom if it's one stall or something, you can sh- lock the door if it's a single stall bathroom, that kind of thing. But in schools, you've got a whole row of them. In public places, you've got a row of them. Now we're running into different issues here in dressing rooms in public, like in Target or something like that, or here now in schools. So you've got a copy of this story. Um, the school di- district voted 5-2 to two to allow boys into girls' locker rooms. Why? It's an emotional thing. It's, it's, it's a way to support transgender students. So the high school student, um, the male that, want, that got this, the catalyst here, filed a lawsuit for discrimination because he was not allowed, allowed access inside the girls' locker room. So last week, the district voted, quote, students shall be treated and supported in a manner consistent with their gender identity. Well, the, there's a video of the hearing. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Matt Walsh tweeted this remarkable video. First, the cross-dressing boy gloating that he gets to access the girls' locker rooms, and then the girl in tears, terrified now that she has to change around boys. Um, and he said, you are really just evil if you support this. Crash, what are your thoughts? <coughs> <laughs> Oh, keep keep them pithy. um, (laughs) I don't know why at the age of 59 and been born again for 10 years that I'm still surprised. That's all I could say. I I just don't know why this still surprises me. I mean, we were shopping last night. There's three bathrooms. Men, men, women. Yeah, men, women, and unisex. Okay. (laughs) That's in Uh, in Appleton? Yeah, in Appleton. Well, most college towns... We'll do that. Uh, probably any college town in the country has already passed certain uh, policies or re- legislation, not you know national or statewide, but policies when it comes to the college campus or whatever. And the communities often, not always, the communities where the college is follow suit. Well, as we know, most colleges today, in fact, many of those in this country that started off as Christian Colleges. I mean, they were teaching theology in the 1700s. Um, seriously, um, Harvard, Princeton, so many others, they put out pastors and ministers, the first graduates of these colleges. What were they teaching? The Word of God. Um, bring it up to today now, where you can go when you're a freshman to register online it's at most of these universities, and there's a list of, I don't know, 50, 60 genders. So you can register as whatever gender you identify as. So we have abandoned truth. We have rejected God. And you said it surprises you. It does. And whenever I'm telling people, I'm so, I'm still surprised. And people say, I'm not. I'm going, I'm not lying. I'm I'm surprised. So, okay, let me, let me challenge you on that. I, I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm very disappointed. So, you're not shocked knowing the heart of man. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast, that well, the when heart we of man read, is evil and wicked. Yeah, but we read that. Yes. But then I'm surprised that we are that evil. Mm. I know I know we can read it in yeah. the Word, and uh, we're all sinners and all that stuff, but it's going like, I just can't believe the evil that keeps growing. I mean, 
You've been sheltered in your life, brother. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, when your eyes are opened, <laughs> yeah. you know, when your eyes are opened, because, of course, uh, you know, as Paul says, uh, we, we were that, and uh, you were such, that. Such were some of you. Yeah. Yep. And so it's like, uh, First Corinthians why 6, did 9. that not bother me? Because it's always been around. Mm-hmm. And Nothing is done under the sun, and it's just uh, so. I'm 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 still surprised. But I talk to a and, lot of believers that say, "Well, I'm not." Well, I think a lot because of believers the Bible says so. I'm going. I'm so what? I'm still surprised. I think some would relate to you because we have these blessings in America. One of which is religious freedom, and it's so huge. When you go to anywhere in the country, most people look at at American and go, "Man, you guys." You can talk about this in public, about your faith, and you can do what you know what I mean. Pray and do other things. A lot of countries would would love to have the blessing, the Constitution that we have. But I want to quote the girl in this story. It's really heartbreaking, and a lot of parents with teenage daughters can probably relate because these debates are coming to your districts, your superintendents, your school boards. She said, teary eyed. I do change multiple times naked in front of other students in the locker room. I understand that the board has an obligation to all students, but I was hoping they would go about this in a different way that would also accommodate students such as myself. She's the majority. And now she's going, well, I wish they would have thought about accommodating me. So anyway, we're going to just have more lawsuits on this issue. We'll post all these on our StandUpForTheTruth.com blog. Um, So let's go to Disney next. Just printed this off. Disney introduces Demon Who Trains Children to Be Witches. Uh, This is from a couple days ago. The story just came out. Now, this is called The Owl House. I think we touched on this um, last week, but it's a new Disney animated television series. Disney television animation. Many parents are concerned about this, (laughs) that uh, the house that Mickey Mouse built has transitioned into uh, giving children a bizarre pro-demon and witchcraft message. But my wife and I were talking about this last night. And think about the old, oh, I'm talking about old Walt Disney movies, Crash. Mm -hmm. What is it called, the house of all of this art and all the Disney animation? The Magic Kingdom. <laughs> They've been waving their wands and sprinkling <laughs> sprinkling fairy dust and 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 do, casting spells for decades. For 50 years, 70 years. I don't know when Disney started. And now it's in their theme park. So the Magic Kingdom. It's no wonder that now they're openly saying, "All right, let's just just let's just tell kids about demons and that they're they're cool and to start doing." So the Owl House is described in the words of Disney, as this. Uh, the series follows self-assured teenage girl Luz, L-U-Z, Luz, Luz, who discovers a portal to another realm where humans are not well-liked, and she must disguise herself in order to fit in at witch school. Doesn't that sound Harry Potterish? Um, anyway, the, the, if, if the elements sound a bit too creepy for Disney... Even Newsweek and others, secular organizations, almost as far as you can get from the Christian worldview, even they noted and agreed that the dark side is very familiar turf for Disney. So that story's done. Moving on to the media, two stories that are very interesting. Uh, from a year ago, remember uh, Nick Sandman? Um, he was out with his high school at the March for Life in uh, 2019 in Washington, D.C., his school, Coventry Catholic Student, uh, or Catholic School. He was a student there. Um, I believe he was 15 at the time. Anyway, CNN, he sued because, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute, some media outlets who depicted it wrongly and took the a clip, a video clip out of context because he was pro-life, and he settled for an undisclosed amount with CNN, according to media reports. The suit was for $250 million. We don't know how much the settlement was for. At least I haven't heard. Um, if you know if you, that comes out, let, let us know so we can report on that. But So CNN and many other uh, secular outlets, which secular, that's not the right word, <laughs> uh, Pro-abortion outlets, you might as well call all the ABC News, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, 
um, NPR. They're all progressive. They took out-of-context footage of these high school students and this Native American man. Uh, what was his name? Nathan Phillips. Uh, he came up and started beating a drum and chanting in front of this young man, this young teenager, high school student, Nicholas Sandman. So Phillips approached him, began be- drumming in his face, right? Mm-hmm. But the camera angle looked at Nicholas Sandman, and he just saw he was just smiling. He, he didn't say a thing, and he was kind of smirking because he was uncomfortable. He didn't know what to do. How did the media um, report that? Oh, look at this kid. He's, he's you know, um, insulting this Native American man. Uh, but in an interview with ABC, Nicholas Sandman, the teenager, said he locked eyes with me and approached me, coming within inches of my face. He played the drum the entire time he was in my face. I never interacted with this protester. I did not speak to him. I did not make any hand gestures or aggressive moves. To be honest, I was startled and confused as why he had approached me. So apparently, this, I think he was a veteran, a Marine veteran, a Native American. He approached him. He was there for a different protest, a different thing. The uh, school kids, uh, teenagers, they were there as part of the pro-life march, March for Life. Hundreds of thousands of people in Washington, D.C. every January. It's coming up in a week. So... The news cycle, the news stories that came out were like he somehow instigated this interaction with this Native American, and that's just not what happened. So at the bottom of the the story, it says he also noted that his family, his attorney, by the way, Lynn Wood, Sandman's attorney, said that his clients sought compensation for several reasons. First of all, the the media lied. The you know, liberal media lied about what happened, even though they may have backtracked a week later when more video came out from different angles and they found out the kid didn't approach him, the kid didn't cause anything. The family had to temporarily move crash. They moved out of their home and they were getting death threats. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed. Uh, he Nicholas, Nick Sandman was not allowed to attend his school immediately following the onslaught of press coverage. So what did the media do? What's the what's the bottom line of this story? The media since there were um, surveys taken in the 1980s of the secular media. 90% of journalists so-called, I put that word in quotes these days, journalists and anchors and people in the news business are pro-abortion. Okay? You might want to call it pro-choice. I call it pro-abortion. Ninety percent. That was in the eight nineteen eighties. So today it's probably more. Almost all, you know. So how do you think they're going to report on a story that they rarely ever announce the numbers for March for Life, one of the biggest annual events in our country's history, where hundreds of thousands. One year it hit, I think, half a million people showed up to stand for life, to march for life so that we can start making more progress for life in this country. And the media, you know how they handle that issue. So that's what they did for this kid. This kid just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There were two other protests going on there uh, in Washington, D.C. after the march was over, and these high school kids happened to be standing there. So the media made it what they wanted it to be, and now, thank God, someone finally stood up to them, their family, the Sandman family, and filed lawsuits with CNN, Washington Post, MSNBC, I think, uh, NBC Universal, because they lied. Some of the anchors said some attacked this young man. One of them, I don't remember what network said, look at that that kid, that smirk. That is one of the most slappable faces I've ever seen. This is a news anchor saying this about a 14-year or 15-year-old kid. Anyway, Crash, I'm I'm getting passionate about this because you know well, I mean, the, the they, media. They CNN had to pay him off. Yeah, we don't know how much. Yes, they did. Finally, someone said, "We're going to sue." This is ridiculous. This is slander. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. I can't remember if it was a settlement or they they actually lost and they had to pay. I can't remember if it was. Well, this says they settled the lawsuit. They re- reportedly agreed to settle. Okay. All right. Uh, so that I means I guess out of court, right? 
So they settled, um, according to reports. But anyway, so I'm, I get so disappointed because, guys, you've got to well, understand. Now we're getting into our realm of being in broadcasting, yeah. <clears throat> and I tell people, I have the authority to say this. I've been in broadcasting 40 years. Those are not news anchors. No. No, exactly. And, and then people go like, this news guy said, no, 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 don't call him a newsman. Exactly. And they're going, but he's on CNN and you're not. And I'm going, that does not make him. I can sit in a church and not be a Christian. He cannot sit behind a microphone and be a news anchor. Excellent point. I'm, Excellent and point. so when you yes. and I say this, they're going, oh, wait a minute. This guy's a news anchor. He gets to sit in the, in the press room. I'm going, no, he's not. Stop calling him that. He's a tabloid commenter. Yeah. Commentary and, 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 and uh, CNN going, is commentary. It o- is opinion and commentary. It's At least tabloid. I'm, I'm not saying Fox News is right on everything or they're conservative. They're not conservative, but. They, at least they have anchors and a few shows who, who they, they say, say, this is an opinion show. Uh, this is commentary. This is not hard news. But we talk about hard news, and usually they at least give both sides. Um, other stations have gotten so far away from that, they're not even making any apologies. Uh, the anti-Trump stuff um, that's going on. Anyway, we've got to take a break. A lot more news stories. Uh, the next one, well, we talk about... Um, an agency that reopens an investigation into a Christian doctor who has the audacity to pray with his patients. Also, a judge made a decision about a motion in San Antonio to dismiss a Chick-fil-A lawsuit. But another media story when we come back, Jesse Smollett is back in the news. And uh, I think this is going to be a good thing, but you may disagree. That's next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Always remember to uh, have your foundation fixed on Jesus, on the Word of God. And as you look at these issues and these news stories and everything that's happening in our culture, there's a lot of injustice out there. Um, God will have the final say, and evil is being called good, and there are a lot of things happening out there, and, and that people are falling for it, and it's even deceiving some in the church. So have your <laughs> be discerning. Um, this next story, Jesse Smollett, is uh, one article. This is from this is the Washington Examiner. He's probably toast now. Why? Google is handing his data or data to the special prosecutor. So uh, actor Jesse Smollett almost certainly lied about the assault last year that he claims he experienced, and a new order, though, from a judge in Chicago, which is really surprising um, because so far the judges, everybody's protected him. And um, it'll likely uh, show the truth once and for all. Cook County Judge Michael Tooman, who appointed a special prosecutor to look into the cases requiring Google to turn over a year's worth of Jesse Smollett's emails, messages, and location data. Uh, He's ordered the same for his Smollett's manager, who a witness to the alleged hate crime. Do you remember what happened? Smollett was out, I think it was like 2 in the morning or something like that. He says he was jumped by two men who confronted him with racist, anti-gay, and pro-Trump comments at 2 in the morning before beating him up. Uh, The Chicago Tribune reported last week that the court orders include that Google hand, hand over drafted and deleted messages, any files in their Google Drive cloud storage services, and uh, voice texts. That's a lot of data. Chicago police last year already believed that they had nailed down a timeline proving that Jesse Smollett was lying about the attack and that he staged it himself in conjunction with two acquaintances. Okay, we don't need to go on, but it it brings up uh, another interesting subject crash that not only that, well, for a year or however long it is, here's a liberal Democrat, uh, a gay actor, and that's why he was protected, and he's black. So all these reasons to be protected by the media and by the progressives. Yep. And now the judge says, okay, Google, hand hand his communications over. They're going to know. They're going to get to the bottom of this truth. But it's interesting. I've always felt that, if the police or law enforcement want my information from my phone or my emails, take it if you need it to investigate something. I've got nothing to hide. 
But I think most people would say that's an invasion of privacy. What do you think? I, I, um, I'm kind of on both sides of it because um, uh, I'm wondering if Google will fight that because Google has enough money to fight it. I mean, they can fight that and say, no, um, we want uh, our users to feel comfortable that they're using our platform. But um, it's, it's kind of related. I lost a bunch of videos a while back on my iPhone, and I was really, really sad because they were gone, and they were really old videos. And I contacted Apple, and I said, I know you would do this for the FBI. Can you do it for me? I, this actually happened. I said, kid, you do me a favor because I know you do it for the FBI. I said, I, about 10 years ago, I had some Christmas videos, and I, I, I can't find them. Can I have them back, please? They were deleted or something? Yeah. And they and, and three hours later, they called back. And they said, check your iCloud. They're back. Oh, my so goodness. So they keep everything. Wow. Now, are you hearing me? That, that, that worked for me. So I'm sure everything we've ever done. It's out there, David. Mm-hmm. It's out there. And like you said, yeah. I've got nothing to hide. Right. And we as Christians should believe that we don't have anything to hide because we're always being watched. Every word we say, everything we do will be judged. But we're more afraid of social media than we are of God sometimes. And so yeah. I, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there's it, two sides. To I'm this, sure the, in the terms of service or whatever you could TOS terms of service that you sign when you when you download it. It says, you know, it's our information, not yours. And yeah. we've agreed to that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. You're right. Uh, the, the headline does say uh, Google is handing over his data to the special prosecutor. Okay, but, so they're going to give it up. All right. But, I mean, the judge, the Cook County judge um, um, appointed a special prosecutor and is requiring uh, Google turn a year's worth of emails. I, I guess they have a choice. Google's huge. They can say, uh, no, no, sorry. Right, right. So that's a good point. I'm, I was and what just, do, uh, now can they go sue Google for giving out that information? I, well, I think they're going to find out he's guilty somehow. I mean, he is, but okay, I'm, I don't know all the facts. Maybe he's not. <laughs> he staged it, friend. You're laughing. I know. Okay, let's go to the he's next He's not guilty. <laughs> let's, let's go over to the UK. An agency uh, reopened an investigation into Christian, a Christian doctor who prays with his pa- patients. They're reviewing its decision to close a complaint against a Christian doctor accused of violating professional conduct by praying with his patients. Um, Dr. Richard Scott is his name. He faced the possibility of losing his medical license after one complaint was filed against him last year. Wow. One complaint? That's Yeah, one complaint. That's tolerance. <laughs> what if it was Sorry. like an ex-wife or something? I mean, wow. Wow. One, one complaint? So anyway, they're, they're opening up the case again to review it. Um, it's, it's just sad that that would actually – can you imagine with all the corruption that, that uh, anyone, a, a doctor or the things they could be involved with, you know, overcharging insurances or – whatever, drugs, whatever they could be involved with, that praying for a patient, maybe like before a surgery or whatever, uh, that that could be – anyway, that's – and what stays what, – what happens in the U.K. doesn't stay in the U.K. It's already happening in Canada. All right, judge, the next story. A judge denies San Antonio's motion to dismiss Chick-fil-A airport lawsuit. All right, let's a little background on this. Um, a judge in Texas denied the city of San Antonio uh, a motion to dismiss a lawsuit that was filed after Chick-fil-A was blocked by the city council from opening up a new location in the city's airport. So that's interesting. Um, you know, these things are going to happen, but when cities start coming against companies, corporations, I mean, cities can do whatever they want. Like what? What? Remember North Carolina? How they reacted over the bathroom bill, the um, at Target. There's a bill that the legislators at that time tried to pass that would protect young uh, girls and women from men going into the bathrooms. And you knew who was on the left, big time. I mean, the NFL, the NBA, um, uh, Target. There's some big other corporations that escape my memory right now. They all came out against. 
these legislators in North Carolina that wanted to pass a bill saying, no, only women right. or girls can use the bathroom. This is, I mean, the Chick-fil-A thing, it's a business. It's a great, they've got a great product, according to most people who have eaten there. They just wanted to open up location, and they're saying no. Why? Because their owner once made a statement about marriage between one man and one woman. Well, and again, cities have the right to do that. Yes, I they remember. do. Uh, in Texas, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in, uh, I was in a city, and um, the, the Walmart store looked really strange. And, and I went, I've never seen a Walmart that looks like that. And so I asked one of the uh, citizens, what, what, why does the Walmart look like that? And they said, well, there's a city ordinance that all of the stores on the street have to look like this. Was it like bricks on the outside something, or something? You know, yeah. And so it fit the format, if you will, yeah. or the look of that yeah. block. And so Walmart said, okay, we want to be right here. And they went, if you're going to be right here, this is the format of your store. And wow. so, you know, yeah. so Walmart yeah. says, well, I want that location. We'll agree. And so uh, if you don't want... Uh, if you don't want a Chick Fil A in your airport, fine, we'll go someplace else. And yeah, bring bring business to some other uh, locations. I got them um, at enough enough locations, I bet. Yeah. Um, next, this is interesting. Uh, just a headline: A 140 year old church in North Carolina is seeking to raise 1.5 million dollars to stay open. I'm going. What? I don't care what kind of church it is. I I, I didn't even read that far, but. It's on the brink of foreclosure due to the inability to repay a $1.4 million debt after poor management, financial management, by church leaders. I'm going, I mean, th- this is this is the thing. I mean, what would God say? Well, he, reap what you sow. Um, if, if you're not handling the tithes that my people bring in your church doors and you mishandle that, now you're in debt and you're going to— all these fundraisers try to raise money from the community. Um, well, I, let me, I don't let, know. Let me push back. Go ahead. Um, you and I, we work for a manager. Uh, is is it the same thing or is it not? A church because you're going like a church. Okay, like we would be the church members and the our, and, and, and we had let's say a to, totally hypothetical, but we had bad managers. Okay, and we didn't know. We didn't know, and then one day we find out the manager's gone, and we're almost out of business. So hmm. we come on Q90 and say, hey, can you help us out? We need X to stay going because of poor management. Hmm. I, I don't know if it – are you saying it's it's different in a church? I'm just – it's kind of a question because yeah. – because you remember Jim, Jim McDonald or uh, – James McDonald. James McDonald yeah. and yep. all that. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so uh, – and that's happened a lot. Yes, it has. I mean, I mean there's yes, been has. a lot of embezzling in, in it, churches. It's not the congregation's fault. How can it be? Uh, what a church leader does if they get corrupted. You put your trust in elders yeah. or board of directors or whatever they have in these churches. And uh, so the congregation is find themselves without a pastor, and they would go out and say, be praying for us. For us to keep this body of believers together, we're going to have to have X to keep this building or I whatever. Guess, I guess my point is, you know, the community, if they want to give the money, then that's up to the community. It's up to the people in the community. But if I was living there, if, if a church here, with all the, the churches in our area, if one church said, hey, we need to raise $1.5 million because we have a $1.4 million debt, I would say, um, if you want to pay that money, uh, that's your prerogative. But, I mean, maybe they need to learn a lesson here. Or the leaders and the, the other people, the members of the church, they'll, they'll restart a church very similar to that, mm-hmm. with maybe with a similar name, maybe the same name. They'll open it somewhere else. All the members will stay or most of them will stay. Some will be disillusioned and, oh, my goodness, I can't believe my leaders mishandled finances. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you anyway. know, I, 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 uh, I've never been in that situation in a no. church. Uh, no. I, I, you know, how do you wake up one day and go like, has anybody got a check for $1.5 billion? Because <laughs> I can't get these numbers to add up. <laughs> um, in what, other, what happened? In other words, it had to be gradual, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's uh, like that. Like, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. Okay, so th- we'd love to get your input, by the way. We don't get a lot of interaction on the show anymore, um, primarily because more people download the podcast later than tune in live, like right now. We're live. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, 
we're not live. <laughs> <laughs> now I just confused Let's everybody. Let's do this. It's 9.37 yeah, right yes, now it's live radio. Talking. Live radio, 9.37 Central Time. Right. Okay, um, next story. Uh, uh, women surpass men as majority of U.S. workforce. You probably never know this, but um, the uh, Labor Department st- statistics released, I think last week, uh, the number of women on payrolls not including farm workers and self-employed, exceeded men by 109,000. So that means they're 50.4% of the nation's jobs, and approximately 36,000 jobs were added to the education and health services sector. That's more women, Mm -hmm. education and health services. So women now... Uh, surpassed men as majority of the U.S. workforce. I don't have a lot of commentary on that. I just found that to be interesting because we have this perception that from the left that it's such a male-dominated society in the workforce. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. So, but we're, but it's I not think true. that's just because men are more lazy. No, no I don't. I think it's just different jobs. I mean, yeah. Uh, but but it's, well, so, you said the health, you know, the healthcare, health yeah, and education. There seems to be more women in healthcare. Yeah, so it's pretty much split. Just so you know, it's pretty much split as far as employment in America. So don't believe the lies. Um, anyway, male dominant. Yeah, yeah. We we won't go. And they would that. argue that even though uh, somebody might argue, well, yeah, there might be more women in the workforce, but the men in the workforce are still dominating all of those women. Dominating. Yeah, not you're not talking about numbers, but just aggressive. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't keep yeah. up with it. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think I those, hear feminism, and then I just yeah, I click out. Yeah, there are old arguments. Not to say that it never happens or it's not going on, because some men are, are very you know they're just like that. But um, I so it's not going on. But I think don't buy the the liberal talking points. Let's move over to Nigeria for this next story. Uh, Fulani Muslims uh, attacked a village, killing thirteen Christians. Um, Fulani herdsmen launched an assault on a predominantly Christian village in Nigeria's Plateau State. On uh, this was was it, it was a week ago, last week. Um, another strike they hear uh, may be coming. But anyway, these are these are things that that we just don't hear in our American media. At least stories like this. Because why? Because the victims are Christians. So the number Christians have been under siege in Nigeria. Fulani Muslims, along with Boko Haram, have killed more than a thousand Christians just within the last year. And you know, a lot the numbers are a lot higher in other uh, African countries and other countries in the Middle East as well. So it's happening. Just remember the the blessings we have here in America, and as, as we have a voice, continue to speak the truth in love and share the gospel. Um, one more story before we have to take a break. Abby Johnson. Um, former Planned Parenthood executive, she launched a new pro-life pregnancy resource helpline. I thought this was a, a positive news story. Um, she saw an unmet need for women facing unplanned pregnancies. Hence the movie Unplanned, right? So she found that pregnant women struggled to find public assistance or were required to wait too long for support to pay their bills, to put food on the table. So she did something about it. She launched this new ministry. It's called Love Line. Uh, dedicated, it's a database, central database of public assistance programs and a 24-7 helpline for anyone in crisis. So generous donors have provided over $22,000 so far in household or material goods uh, for so far 43 women, 66 children. And so, and women are receiving a little bit of college tuition or uh, other financial assistance. But this is called Loveline and it's a new Pro-life pregnancy resource. Thank you, Abby Johnson and others. By the way, uh, tomorrow we're talking about we're talking with Rebecca Kiesling again. It's good to have her yep. back. Yep, I think the second time she's been on the show with us, and she's so, uh, um, uh, product of rape. Yep, she was raped. Uh, her mother was raped at gunpoint, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the only reason her mother was pro-choice at the time, and she'll be with us tomorrow. Rebecca will, but that's her, a happy ending there too. Happy ending because now there her mother's pro-life, but her mother wanted to have an abortion, but at that time. Michigan law said abortion was illegal, and that's why Rebecca is alive today. So she'll be with us tomorrow. Uh, More news stories and commentary from a biblical perspective coming right up. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. All right, we're with Dave and Crash, and we're going through some news stories, talking about uh, just some, some things that are happening. We're trying to look at this, obviously, from a biblical perspective. And, you know, take whatever we say, take it to the Word of God for your Christian worldview, because I'm not saying we're right about everything. I don't claim to be right, so I just want to make sure you guys know that. We're not know-it-alls here. Uh, we just really try to pray and discern what's going on and understand the times that we're living in from a biblical perspective. A lot of these things that are happening. They're not shocking, as we talked about at the very top of this program. Surprising to some. Um, not necessarily shocking, but disappointing nonetheless. So this is a stat to pick up from where we left off, talking about the good news about that um, pro-life pregnancy resource helpline that just got going now. Planned Parenthood performs 81 abortions for every one adoption referral. Um, this, this, 83 to 1, 80, 81 to 1, these, uh, this ratio has been going on for quite some time. But let me say this, it is an improvement from the ratio in its previous report. It was 117 to 1. So 117 abortions to every one adoption Referral, so um, it is an improvement, but it's in line with with the ratio from a few years ago. Um, Three hundred forty five thousand six hundred seventy two abortions. Uh, it, it was a record high for Planned Parenthood. So we're saying, uh, you know, the left is saying, oh, you know, Trump's order or the policy took away some of our tax funding. So now they're going, oh, my goodness, we're going broke. Planned Parenthood's got to close down. Well, why are there still record numbers of abortions being done if, you know, they're losing tax money? But they shouldn't have the tax money to begin with. That's something I'm very passionate about, and I'm hoping that someday they will be defunded because not all of America agrees. In fact, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, Republican or Democrat, more than 80% of people in polls and surveys say that Planned Parenthood should not receive public Funding, federal funding. Now, some of those people are pro-choice. They just don't think Planned Parenthood should receive the money. I wish we had more control over where our taxes go. Oh, my goodness. There's so many organizations like that that get our money that we're going, oh, my goodness. America will never be a socialist country. What do you think it is? (laughs) I mean, they're taking our wealth and deciding how to spend it. Redistribution. Oh, I hate that word. Okay, hate hate is a very strong word, <laughs> but redistribution. Then why does the Bible say stinks. hate evil? Hate evil. Um, so it's theft. If you're taking someone's money to give it to something or someone else, you're stealing. You're t- well. If you're, I would never unless support you're don- abortion. If, well, yes, you are. You are. If you, uh, now, one, there's one thing to donate money to donate your money to you know get tithe or give to churches or to nonprofits to charities to organizations. But if someone's taking your tax money without it being in your hands or in the bank, they're just taking your tax dollars and saying, all right, here's what we're going to do with it. You have no, we have no say. Um, I wish we could make a little bit more progress in that respect when it comes to who we elect. But I guess it comes down to... Believe what you want to believe, but we're still going to spend the money the way we feel best. It comes down to who we elect. It really does. Um, but, and we don't have the time to get into that one. Um, next story, gender transition surgeries now covered by Medicaid in Illinois. We had a story about Illinois earlier. Uh, now we've got this one. So gender transition surgeries. Let's talk about the word gender transition. Crash, can, can a human being transition and become a different biological sex? No. Yeah, the answer is no. It's very simple. The only thing that can do that is a caterpillar. So a caterpillar can. Huh? Caterpillar can no. Mm. Caterpillar can become a butterfly, and that's oh, the only trans- thing. Form. That's only. It's not a transition <laughs> to a, back to a <laughs> different. Or, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not a sex thing, change. The only thing that can happen is that's the butterfly is the only one that I know that a caterpillar going to a butterfly is the only transition that I know of that's possible in nature. Why are you laughing? There are other transitions <laughs> when it comes to animals and insects, and but we're talking about that's uh, what I human, know about human beings. Okay, going back to Genesis, we need to reeducate. You know, God created them male and female. He also said, "Be fruitful and multiply." What does that mean? When he said that to the man and the woman, that means procreate. That means have sexual relations, have offspring. 
Two men cannot do that. Two women cannot do that. You cannot do do a gender transit. What do they call it now? Um, gender assignment surgeries. Who assigns our sex or gender at birth? God has assigned it. God designs us. You cannot reassign what God has designed. Is that maybe simple and pithy enough? <laughs> okay. Because anyway, that's you were Illinois. saying earlier, what seventy genders are they? I think seventy now. You can fill. You can register as different. Who things. keeps up with that? Is anybody Facebook? Know? Google. They, they, they know all 70 of them? Well, there may be more coming down it, the road. I don't know. Because it's fluid. Yeah, it's fluid. What's fluid in life? Okay, so this is an interesting story. Now, we're, we seem to be in the in this category of stories now. Um, New York pressures an OBGYN or OBGYNs to perform abortions or leave medicine. This is, I just printed this out before the show. Uh, Dr. Regina Frost wrote this over at the Federalist, and a couple other outlets picked it up. I think LifeSite News is one of them. But uh, basically, here's the gist of it. If New York and Planned Parenthood succeed in blocking conscience protections for medical professionals, she says, Regina Frost, Dr. Regina Frost says, I may be forced to either violate my conscience or leave the medical profession. Planned Parenthood in the state of New York York, uh, convinced a court to strike down federal regulations that protect medical professionals like me from being forced to perform procedures like abortions and physician-assisted suicide that violate our consciences. Supported by my colleagues at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations and by the federal government, I've asked a federal court to intervene and allow me to continue to provide compassionate medical care without being forced to violate my conscience. As an OBGYN, I am present during the most intimate moments in the life of a mother, father, and child. I have the privilege of placing children into the arms of their mothers for the very first time. I also have to deliver the life-altering news of infertility and guide mothers and fathers through the tragedy of a lost pregnancy. This work cannot be done impersonally. The article continues that the Federalist will put this in our uh, blog at standupforthetruth.com today. But if the Planned Parenthood in New York, if they succeed in blocking conscious protections, I may be forced to either perform these procedures or leave the profession. Um, these federal conscience protections that are out there now, she said, one of them is known as the conscience rule. It merely allows the government to enforce laws that have been on the books with bipartisan support. It's been happening for decades. These laws simply prevent tax dollars from being used to force pro-life doctors like me from performing abortions. But Planned Parenthood and New York State don't like that, so they sued to render those long-established and bipartisan laws toothless. And one more quote from the article, two sentences that I want you guys to remember as this is going to happen from state to state possibly. She said, I cannot take the life of a child in one room, meaning abortion, and guide another child into the world in the next room, meaning Mm -hmm. the birthing process. Nor can I care for one elderly woman while helping another end her life. That would not only undermine my most deeply held religious beliefs and my medical judgment, but also the oath I took as a medical Professional. It's Dr. Regina Frost, OBGYN in New York, and that's the battle that they're going through now. Thoughts on that one? I'm just, I, I don't know that much about the conscience laws because I was thinking um, if I was a doctor and um, there was a stabbing of a convicted rapist or a pedophile and I had to save his life, I think as a doctor I would have to do that. Mm. I don't know. The, those laws, I'm not familiar with it, but to me, I mean, like she said, it, here's to me, it's black and white. I, I just gave a, a mother her baby, yeah. and now I got to go in the next room and kill a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'd be one of those where, of course, can you need to save this uh, convicted rapist's life? He's, you know, you got to, and some of them just fold their arms, and so I will not 
for what because of my conscience i can't do that um i don't know if that's ever happened but i just don't know much about those conscience laws but that's new york right yeah <laughs> and, and i mean new york. they got a lot of good laws like trying to keep them from drinking big gulps and you know, i think obesities. straws they have a law against straws too i think and uh <laughs> and, and also uh abortions after birth mm-hmm. you know yeah. so they they, they, they yeah. got a lot of good um, thinking up there one more story and then we're we're we got to take a break here students i've were expelled for being in same-sex marriages. Um, where were they expelled? From Fuller Seminary. So now they're suing Fuller. Who is? Two students. They're homosexual. At Fuller. Fuller? Well, Fuller went off the bandwagon of inerrancy decades ago. I know. I mean, Fuller is liberal. very liberal. Yeah, so this is interesting. So they're suing Same. Fuller for discrimination. So whatever you've heard about Fuller, they're out there in uh, Pasadena, California. Um, apparently, they discriminated against these two homosexual students. Now, Fuller is a Christian theological seminary. Um, they've come a long way. But this is inter- It's a, such a bizarre story because you think that they would be okay with Yeah. Anyway. You mean they actually drew the line somewhere? I guess they tried. So um, that the suit lawsuit has been filed. <laughs> that does that. That's bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. And some of our newer listeners, if you don't understand, we're talking about bizarre. Um, Fuller has become more liberal and more maybe, you maybe say more progressive. And it's the most liberal I know about. Maybe there's you know, the, as far as seminaries. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but yeah, there are a lot of unfortunately. Um, and now they're of course they're teaching how to build a big church now in the church growth movement instead of teaching the, theology or orthodoxy. Women pastors. It's about yeah, it's about how to how to keep people entertained with the topical sermons and build big churches and attract numbers. They've got courses like that along with their theology. But anyway, we don't have enough, enough time to get into that in detail tomorrow. Uh, we'll tell you about um, a very exciting uh, guest we have back on Stand Up for the Truth in a minute. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right. Uh, exciting program tomorrow as we are going to welcome back Rebecca Kiesling, a pro-life speaker uh, and attorney. And she was conceived in rape, has done a lot of work for various pro-life organizations uh, very active for uh, 40 Days for Life events. She's been a part of rallies, and she's got a, just an amazing testimony. Um, we'll get an update from her and some of the new legislation that's coming about. Rebecca Kiesling tomorrow on Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>